0: I'm Steve Stells. My wife Sharon sits there every morning. We founded this church July 4th, 1976. So you know, every now and then I get to come up here and talk to you. I want to ask you a question this morning, get right into what we need to do because I I believe in the eternal gospel and it's hard for me to keep my eyes on that clock, so you got to help me out. (laughs) Uh, How many of you have ever been in a situation where you just felt like, Jesus, where are you? Where are you? Now when you ask that question, where did you think he was? Was he the high God or the nigh God? Sometimes when we're in trouble, we think about him being way up high seated at the right hand of the Father. But in my life, I think I'm learning that when I ask, where is he? He says, in you. I'm in you. You're in me. And if you abide in the vine, the life of the vine abides in you. Amen. So I want to talk to you today. Uh, I'm so excited about 2024. When you see figures like that come up on the screen, you've got to rejoice in your heart if you're a believer. Because that means we're accomplishing the mandate of Matthew 28:19. We are going to the nations. We are winning people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And there's nothing more important to heaven than that. Because souls are the only thing that pass over. Not your money, not your boat, not your home. Just people. So, um, I love these kinds of verses. I'm going to give you five facts that will guarantee your security, your peace, the joy of the Lord, and victory for you in 2024. I said facts, N- not suggestions, not uh, some ideological uh, garbage, just facts. So I'll start this way: Christ utterly destroyed Satan and all of his hosts and exposed them as defeated foes, his captives. He gloriously triumphed over those in his death on the cross. Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you're still lost in your sins and have no hope. He conquered utterly conquered Satan when he died and he rose from the dead. When he ascended to the right hand of the father, he defeated Satan totally and completely. That is a truth, a fundamental truth. We know that the Bible teaches that Satan is still around. He's eternal. He was created by God And by that fact alone, that means that as a created being, he's totally dependent on God for his existence. He capitulated, committed high treason. Sin did not come from somewhere else in the universe. It came out of his own heart. He was the author of sin when he decided to rebel against God and was thrown out of heaven. In the New Testament, the Bible teaches us that he's still around and he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. He's not your friend. He cannot tell the truth. He's the father of lies. He can mix truth to become a lie, to deceive you and to uh, bait you into following his plan for your life which would be to take you as far away from God as possible and cause the same rebellion he committed to happen in your life against the living God who gave us life. So we know that Jesus went to that cross not as a criminal, but as the sinless son of God, the sacrificed lamb that was the propitiation For the sins of every human being. And every sin ever committed. And we know that he was destroyed when Jesus rose. The demons were celebrating as they watched him wreathe in pain on that cross. But the moment he rose. Hell went into a frenzy. They were the ones that had been baited. And life of a sinless lamb took care of the sins of people. That was the whole sacrificial system through the Old Testament. But Christ is the lamb of God. John the Baptist proclaimed that. Behold the lamb of God that doesn't just come to roll your sins back for one year. And then you come do that again. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So uh, we sit in church and people have this lie told to them that you got to be right before you can serve God. You can't come to church because you're a sinner. Well, if you're sitting here today, you have been a sinner and you are less of a sinner now than you ever were because he has declared, declared us righteous while we were yet in sin. He justified us while we were yet in sin. And we progress into the full full measure of the statue of Christ on the journey. So it's perfectly okay to come to church a total rebellious sinner because you have to start somewhere. And the rest of the story is a war that goes on in your mind and in your flesh against this uh, fallen angel that wants to deceive you into believing his lie and pull you back into what you've been delivered from. And so it's not true that uh, we sit here today as perfect people in our flesh, but we are perfect people in our spirit because he has declared us justified. And he did it while we were yet in sin. So there's nothing we can do to work it out. We can't earn it. We just have to accept it and understand that when we do accept it by faith, because of his grace, that we stand right before God and perfect before God. And he sees us through the blood of his son. And he declares that we are not only saved, but that we are justified And because we are, we have power. (laughs) Now, that's what I really want to talk to you about. So, when you hear God say things to you like, when you're thinking, where where are you, God? And he says, well, I'm in you. How many of you believe he's in you? Did he come to live in your heart? Yes, he's in you. So, he's not just the far-off God the high God, he's a nigh God, and if he's in you, there's something you can do about what's militating against your obedience to Christ in your daily life. So that is going to be the secret to victory. It's not what he can do for us. He's already done it. It's what he does through us when the deceiver stands in front of you and dares you to move forward. So uh, I want to give you these five facts to make you the victor instead of the victim in 2024. I, I like to talk to people all the time. I talk to different people, and I am alarmed at how many people see themselves as victims. You may have been a victim, and you will always stay a victim until you decide to be a victor. And when you decide to be a victor, it's got to be based on something that actually makes that happen in you. And so you have to know who he is in you and who you are in him and what that authority base is because actually we as a church have the power of attorney to use his name to accomplish the task that he is assigned. And so if we know that, we will conquer. If we don't know that, I just turned my iPad off. Praise Jesus, He's in me. <laughs> I preach it whether I have notes or not, because I wrote it. <laughs> uh, so, I was looking to see what these things are. Lord, How can we be more victorious in 2024? I believe every year, I believe every day, I believe that the next minute that comes, we're on an upward trajectory with Christ. Faith goes upward. Doubt goes downward. And so we are people of faith. I believe that we have a victory that gives us the ability to experience peace, spiritual power, blessings. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of Lights. I believe that we have security. I don't believe that it's just an abstract thing where we think of God as I'm weak. I need you. Please do something for me. I think he's saying, I'm in you. I want to do that through you, not for you. I've done all I can for you. You accepted me. Now, the rest of your life is going to be me doing something through you. So that means we are partners with him. That means there's an action we have to take if we claim to have faith in the resurrected Christ that stands The devil has a right to come, according to Scripture. He has a right to tempt. But you have a right to stand. And if you resist him when he comes and say to him, get behind me. He has a right to come. You resist. And he has to flee. He has to flee. Now, the reason some of them you don't flee from you when you try that is because he knows and watches your life all the time to see how he can get a hook in you, to sow a lie into your life, to deceive you into thinking that you were better off as a drug addict or a drunk or a, a, a adulterer or something like that. And he's always got the gate open for you to return. Jesus did not tell us that we wouldn't have this battle going on in our life. In fact, he told us we would. And the apostle Paul says, I have to mortify the deeds of my flesh every day. So spiritually we are alive. Soulishly we're trying to get there. Because the soul is redeemed when the king of your heart becomes the lord of your mind. Now... What is legally ours? What has he provided? Do you have an attitude of if it's will, if it's his will, it'll happen. No, it won't. Because his will is tied to our obedience. (laughs) And so our obedience to the written will of God, to the spoken will of God, determines whether we're going to get an answer or just remain in a state of confusion. So uh, some people just have this kind of emotional Eeyore kind of attitude. Do you remember Eeyore Pooh Bear and all of that? What? You need to understand, Siri. Did you hear that? <laughs> I don't know how that happens. I think they're tracking me. <laughs> Or do you exist do you exist in this alternative world of doubt rather than in that bliss of faith? That says, I may be going through it, but I'm gonna win this. I may be in it up to my ears, but this quicksand is not gonna f- cover me up. I may have had a bad report from the doctor, but who hath believed his report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That was Isaiah. 800 years before Christ telling us there's more than one report and we're going to be victims or victors based on which report we believe. So, I don't want to live in an alternative world of doubt, fear, and uncertainty and unbelief. And there's so many people that claim to be Christians and sit in the church every Sunday that are this way. So I'm saying, if I can say one thing today that pushes you towards activating what he's provided for us to win the battle, we will be one step farther along. So the first thing is that Jesus did for us. He died for us. I don't think we understand what dying with Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ, and made alive with Christ actually means. Sunday, last Sunday, we had 24 people baptized here. They took an amazing step forward. But I want to know, you did that because you believe Jesus died for you, right? He did. So that is a symbol that the old nature in you has surrendered to Christ. You died with him on the cross. And... If you died, you must be buried or you're just going to stink things up. So Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Have you? It's one thing to think he's crucified and died for me. But the scripture says, I died that day too. I was crucified with him. And that means that when I come up out of that water, I don't go back to the old nature that I ha- have. I have memories that militate. and I have, and sin ha- is, uh, offers pleasure, but it's just for a short season, and it produces death. So I died. I think we all need to remember that I died. And shut up that voice from the grave that tells me I'm still alive and you're going to listen to me. I died with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. So the first thing I want to say that guarantees success is quit living the old life because you're dead. <laughs> that guy died. You were crucified with Christ. And as he looks at it, he looks at us and he says, well, didn't you die with me 2,000 years ago before your, your mother was born or your grandmother or anybody else? In the annals of time, I saw you from that cross. I knew the day you would surrender to me. And now you've got to live a life like mine. He rose different. He rose a king. When he first came, he was a pulper in a manger. When you rise from the waters of baptism, you are united in Christ. You are saying, I died and I buried that old man. So don't live on Monday different than you did on that day when you were buried. And you will have the power of God in your life. You will understand that you don't have to listen to the other voice that is saying, my way is the right way, and if you don't like it, you get on the highway. No, uh, I died. My life is not my own. The life I live belongs to him. I was killed. I was crucified with him. That's a painful thing. But listen to Romans 7, 6. But now by dying to what once bound us, By dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Why is it so quiet in here? I'm trying to tell you, we've been set free. Having been buried with him. Now, we, if we died with him, are we buried with him? That's the baptism thing that we saw last Sunday. And raised with him. We're buried with him in baptism. And raised with him through your faith in the power of God. Who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive in Christ with Christ, and he forgave us all our sins. So where do we get this I'm not worthy idea? That is straight from the pit of hell. We're not worthy because of anything we did, but we are worthy because of what he did, and when we by faith said, I'm dead in you, I'm buried with you, and I'm, I've risen with you, He rose with power, not weakness. He rose with victory, not defeat. And if we have been crucified with him, buried with him, and resurrected in him, then the victory he accomplished at the cross belongs to us. He conquered Satan and his kingdom in five rounds. He conquered him as the author of sin. He who sins is of the devil, 1 John 3, 8 says. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy that curse on the human race. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 21 For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Wow, the whole world? No longer counting people's sins against them. Do you think God is up there and got a couple scribe angels with a book standing by his side, writing every sin you ever did and saying you aren't worthy? He's never said that one time. He says, you had no way to escape the law of sin and death. So I came in the form of a man. I hung on a tree. I never sinned. And I paid the price for you to be free. And you are free. You are free. And whom the son sets free is free indeed. I want you to know that you are free. From the law of sin and death. He gave us a wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. He's still talking to this world through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right. That's where we get the word righteous. We are made right with God. He didn't just save us and then look down on us like, well, you poor thing, you couldn't get anything done on your own, so I just came and did it for you. But, uh, you know, uh, you're gonna carry that with you for the rest of your life knowing that uh, you owe a great debt. No, he said, I want you to be my wife, church. I want you to rule and reign with me, church. I want you to execute the same authority that I had over the enemy when I walked on this earth. And so he conquered him as the author of sin. Two, he conquered him as the author of sickness. So many people that don't even understand the power of God say that this is spiritual sickness. Well, it is. Isaiah, it's also physical sickness, and I'll prove it by the Word of God. I want you to get this in your spirit. Isaiah 53, 4, Yet it was our weaknesses he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All right. That's spiritual. But let's see how that was interpreted by Christ in the New Testament. Was it physical sickness too? Matthew 8, 16. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sickness and he healed our diseases. See, salvation is more than just a ticket to heaven. Salvation is a healing of the whole man. Body, soul, And spirit. Number three. Oh, let me read 1 Corinthians 1. 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Run from sexual sin. Run. Okay. Why? Listen to the word of God. No other sin. Say no other so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Why? Because I was crucified with Christ. (laughs) Because I was buried with Christ. Because I am raised in Christ and in power over anything that militates against my task in God's kingdom. Three, he conquered him as the author of death. Hebrews 2.13. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Death is conquered for you. You know, we sleep, but we never die. The ones that don't know Jesus die because death is separation. We simply go through a portal. Paul likened it to this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's like I breathe in in this world and as I exhale, I'm already in the next one. Death has no sting. Oh, grave, where is your victory? We don't fear death, it's just a portal we go through to get to where we're always destined to be. He conquered him fourthly. Oh, Revelations 1.18, Jesus appears to John. He says, I'm the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death and the grave. What could we accomplish if we didn't have fear? What can we accomplish if doubt suddenly leaves? Because the revelation of who we are in him and who he is in us suddenly comes alive and we start acting like it in the Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and everyday world. He conquered him as a ruler over the kingdoms of this world. The devil took him to a high peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory, Matthew 4, 8 through 10. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. That's what he's after in us. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's the kind of answer. Revelations eleven fifteen, <clears throat> the seven angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ, and He will reign. And guess what? We reign with Him. Last one. This is why you can succeed, but you've got to activate it in your life. He conquered Him in the realm of the heavenlies over principalities and powers in heaven and in earth. Some people don't believe there is a devil. Poor you, that's why he's stomping you. Well, I won't say it, in the ground every day. When Adam sinned, it was high treason And the enemy gained control of this world and his minions are principalities and powers of darkness and the heavenlies that militate against the nations. That's why we're having war with Israel today. That's why the whole world seems to have gone crazy. Logic doesn't even show up anymore. And we've lost our way but not for us. Ephesians 4 eight. This is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lo- lonely world, lowly world, and that the same one who descended is the one that ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. There's not one square inch of space in the whole creation that he does not fill. And he fills that space in the human heart too. Therefore, Philippians 2.9, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in the heavens and on earth and under the earth and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. A name, a name above every name. Can you speak that name? Can you yell out that name? Yeah, we ought to be happy about what Jesus has done for us and what we can do because of him. Ephesians 1:19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. That the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms for he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. He did this for our benefit. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So he made this victory for every believer. There's not one person, no matter how young or how old or how new you are, that you can't take. He's Lord over all of it. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. A strong man, fully guarded, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger comes and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides the spoils. That's what the resurrection did. Jesus conquered Satan, divides the spoils among his people. Whatever is lost can be found. Whatever is good can be restored. Whatever is broken can be fixed. So that's the basis of our victory. What we have to decide is who we are. Our old self was crucified with Christ. When it says he died for us, that's our forgiveness. It guarantees our forgiveness. But when we die, with him crucified. That's the key to our freedom. Would you stand with me? Paul concludes in Romans 6, 5, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. If you haven't died, You can today. Say, I don't want to die. Well, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it produces much fruit. You can die and still live. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, you get a chance to today. And I guarantee you, this is the word of God. I haven't given a bunch of commentary to this. I've just given you pure scripture. This is the Bible. This is the Word of God. This is real. This is true. And this will work. So, 1920 or 2024, come on. We welcome you. This is the year that 535 salvations is going to look like a small number. This is the year where you will find out that He is he is the victor over the author of sin you will find out if you received a negative physical report that this is the year that his report will prevail in your life because he conquered the author of sickness when you have been praying in heavens to through heavens that feel like steel there's going to be an open portal because he tore down the principalities and powers of darkness You have to know that it's Christ in you, working through you, that gives you the authority to pull them down. Father, we thank you for your word. If you're here today and you, I'm going to say a prayer with you. I don't know how many of you came today that haven't really given your life to Jesus or you've wandered off the track so far you can't remember where the exit was to get back on. We're going to pray this. Pray it with me, church. Father, we come to you today thanking you for the power of your word. It transforms lives. So for everyone here, Lord, We say, forgive us of our sins. We turn to you. You're the author and finisher of our faith. You died that we might have life. And today, many here will choose to die with you in that crucifixion so they can rise with you in resurrection power. Father, we thank you for salvation that's free. We thank you today that you're dealing with hearts. Now, if you're here today and you have never said yes to jesus or you've backslidden and you feel like you need to get straight with him i want you to just raise your hand and say father i receive that prayer in my heart thank you for raising your hands let me see yes thank you thank you i want you to go from here in power you know we go into a fast jesus was uh, tempted in the wilderness for 40 days in a fast and he came out victorious so will we God bless you